So we really wanted Mark Maron on this show, um, you know, him being the uh, godfather of podcasts and all. So, I mean, we really tried. Like, when we say we put put that out there in the universe, like, we put that fucking energy out there. Um, and we just, we expected him to show up that Thursday morning. And uh, I don't know. Mark blew it. I don't know what the deal is, but... uh I mean, maybe it's just his agent's fault. I, I don't know who to blame, but um, certainly not me, and certainly probably him. <clears throat> I think you'll still like the episode, though. I mean, we found this other guy who just like kind of wandered out of the forest, and he was pretty interesting, actually. He's a cool guy, so I don't know. Check it out. What we've got here is two male receptionists. I was just a cowboy without a show. I was like the kind of guy you never really know. You won't forget me, no matter how hard you try. And when it's my time to go, I'll wave goodbye. We don't usually uh, introduce ourselves, but I think that's a professional thing to do. That's because we're not professional. Yeah. We are unprofessional. Yeah, that's kind of our thing. That is kind of our thing. So let's not. <laughs> right. But uh, Asher's here. I'm really happy to be here today. I got off work early. And, nice. you know, I heard this was happening. I'm a big fan. I've listened to like three out of five of your podcast dude me yeah. too it's pretty good i mean eight we have eight but that's i appreciate you know, that so i i jumped at the chance to come by and hang out with you guys are you still talking are you still doing still the dancing talking. thing huh jump that's where i was going with that oh sorry it wasn't a very good lead in with the melody it was an unfamiliar to you did need to do a better I, job of singing i didn't pick it up do it again i'll tell you if it The fire truck joined in. That actually was, yeah, now that I know what I'm listening for. Yeah, yeah totally no, right. I totally recognized it. I mean, it was wrong. It was pretty bad. It was wrong, but it yeah. was. It was of that synth era of like the final countdown and the Beverly Hills Cop theme. That stuff was great. Yeah, was. There's a was. lot of like trying to revisit It's coming it. back a lot. What's that What's that guy's face with the producer of the Jack Abramoff? You know which guy I'm talking about of that band that's called Fun with a period? I don't know. Tonight. Yeah, dude, that's. <laughs> That it's like that's like five. This goes to show. This goes to show, Dan. That's like five, six years ago that, that Listen, was. Yeah, that guy's like, been doing uh, nothing since that. It's all about panic at the disco hits. right now, right? <laughs> yes. Panic, panic Lady at Gaga. the disco. Taylor Swift, dude. Right? Hits. He dated that girl from Girls. He's. I'm just saying they're like the hit <laughs> so band. Must be over the hill. And you thought that Fun was the it band, but they were the fun, it band like eight years ago. I'm not talking. I'm talking about the guitar player from Fun. Oh, so he's doing a different thing now. He does have a band called Bleachers that's still around, but he does nothing but create hits and produce stuff for other people. I feel like I'm not even a fan. I'm just saying he's one of those guys you you see him and you're like, this douche, Bruno Mars, you're so talented. You're so talented. You do a pretty good job at what you do. I hate you, you douche. Bruno Jack. Mars is talented. He is. He's very talented. He's very talented. <laughs> we can all agree on that. 
God, that is one of those things. It's like anytime somebody brings up Justin Timberlake, everyone's like, well, he's a terrific dancer. 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 He's He's a phenomenal person. Yeah. Philanthropist. (laughs) Yeah. You can just just eat as you will. So um, we went, uh, I tried stand up for the first time ever. Yeah. Dan's a more experienced stand up uh, comedian. Hardly. He says he is. It's true. It's more of like an attitude of experience without <laughs> the experience. That's what a great what a great definition for just, for just what's the word I'm looking for? The attitude of experience. Arrogance. That's what that is. That's what that's called. No, but Ash, that is the, the fine art of, of bullshittery. <laughs> to be honest though, even if you did just do that, it would still help because the confidence alone I found to be the biggest problem uh, with my one <laughs> time on stage. Just like, I mean, that's what stage presence kind of is a lot. It's just yeah. like yeah. that you project an idea that you're supposed to be there. And I did not. <laughs> that's interesting. I remember Dan, Dan and I were talking about this the other day when we were talking about that stage presence that we, we take for granted as people that did that a lot or, or were those natural extroverts. And so like when you get up on the mic, it, like, so I... I did it recently too, right? So it's mm-hmm. funny because you and I this like just yeah, this, happened. You just How funny started... was it? Shut up, Dan. It's just like you said, like uh I didn't well, fuck, Dan. How funny was it? So this is this is the first time you tried it, correct? Yeah, this is the first time I tried it too. Where did where did you go? Well, I want to hear your story. Okay. Boom. <laughs> well, there wasn't Dude, a lot. what are you doing over there? He's Dan is is literally snacking on a bowl <laughs> of something. On his desk and just booing at us <laughs> from across the room. It's some some very leathery pita. He's trying to give us an idea of what it's like to do stand-up comedy. Anyway, Dan and I were talking about the confidence to do it, and we take it for granted. It was interesting that you were talking about going, man, Do I am I giving them the impression that I know what to do here? Because I felt, oh my God, they all think I know what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> right, the opposite. That's Yeah, funny. they're all like, oh, we're in good hands. This guy's confident. Uh-huh. And then I I had no idea what I was going to do. Uh, no idea. And then what happened crashed, next? Crashed and burned. How did it go? I crashed and burned. What did How you? So? What happened to you? Well, yeah, but the, it, I mean, it did not go well. But I'm mostly just judging myself. I feel like I heard a smattering of laughs, and that's all anyone got. Even the people like who you know crushed it did the the version of crushing it there, right? Because uh, open mics are not. This is this is like a part of the uh, the thing that I found interesting is I sat and tried to laugh at other people's jokes like trying we're all like we're all in this together sort of thing yeah maybe other people were doing that too but it didn't seem like there was really an air of like most people were just on their phones waiting for their time to go up I don't know if you found the same thing I've been to a lot more music open mics mm-hmm. or you know, or you know just like general open mic which I think are like a beautiful terrible thing you know sometimes open mics can be really bad but they're also you know people really all in it together like you're saying Mm -hmm. like just doing their thing but you know in in my experience everyone tries to lift each other up that's what i like about an open mic you like try and do that for each other and you're supposed to stay like through the that it's like there's some bad things that you're bad etiquette right open mic things yeah like you're supposed to stay that makes sense to other people because yeah you came for their for them to be your audience right it's kind of this agreement that you have. I was the one that volunteered the poor etiquette on the night that John and I went. Because there was probably one or two more people still could, that were going to go. Yeah, not much, though. No. We also watched some people from the one before what was technically our round there of open go. mics. There so I go. think it this, evens it out. It evened out. It evened out. Also, I wanted to leave. So so what, what was your set about? <laughs> exactly. What was it about? It was me rambling around. I, I wasn't going to do it, but I'll tell you about the situation. So it was over in Eagle Rock. And it's my buddy Travis, who you've oh, met. Oh 
yeah. Then this guy's like, great. I love, mm-hmm. I love, and he's like, you guys, he's d- done a podcast thing before. And I think, you know, when there's two people that are like too similar that they could never get along. Dan and Trat, well, no, it's just one of these things. Like, it's, it's like, I want, I, they're like, you know, when you have friends that you want to get together, right? Bros. Right. And it just doesn't work out. And it's or- like, they're two separate bro friends that I want to be friends. Right. Because I'm like, wow, they'd be great, great <laughs> yeah. for each other. And and he like is into stand up comedy and it's perfect. And plays guitar, guitar like him yeah. and it's just like I, so I don't know whether that would work or be terrible. Yeah. You know, like or, you know whether because some people are, are they can't handle that. Like they it's got to be like you have to be the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Not that you guys are the opposite, no, but you like, also are I very like the, different uh, personalities. Travis and I, it's just not meant to be. I mean, maybe we could we, like, so maybe you you have give him another chance. I, I've met him. Anyway, I've so he invites me to this. Fun. Maybe we just need to bang and get rid of the tension and then we can be cool. See, that's yeah. exactly what it is. You guys just need to <laughs> whip your dicks out. You're practically just masturbating at that point. And then you'll be friends. I never thought about it that way. And you'll be changed. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So he invites me to this. So Travis. <laughs> so he invites me to this. Guys, Eagle Rock is hip now. You guys know that, right? I wasn't aware, but well, it sounds it's like happening. it would be. It's happening soon. It's the next one to fall. Yeah, exactly. We are gentrifying it all. White people are taking all. Anyway, yeah. he lives over in Eagle Rock. He invites me to an open mic that's at a hot dog stand. Uh-huh. What? Sounds and pretty so cool. it's like they have a hot dog stand and then they have an outdoor seating area. And then in the outdoor seating area, a bunch of comics have set up their little, you know, stereo setup and, and everybody's doing their stuff, you know, and there's like 15 people there. And, and I was like, well, shit, I think I can get up at this outdoor hot dog stand patio for three minutes. Sure. You know. Was that what it was? Three minutes? Something like that. Yeah. So what did you do for three minutes? Did you do the hip routine? No, dude. That's the thing. I was like completely unprepared. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything ready, like even to reference in my phone. And I was just like, I don't even remember what I talked about. I talked about living in the woods and something else. And then three minutes was up, man. Three minutes is not a lot of time. Yeah, it's. It feels like I'm sure it feels like an eternity if it's not going well. But uh, it, it's not a lot. Like when I timed myself to get what I was gonna say down to five minutes, it was really tough. Um, but then I got up there and it didn't matter because I immediately forgot everything. Um, which I don't think, uh, I mean, you said like, uh, it came naturally as an extrovert. Like I'm definitely not an extrovert, but I do think like at earlier points in my life, it would have been different. Like the stage thing, like you hear about like Beyonce, like doesn't like, you know, was mm-hmm. never, she was shy or whatever the fuck they say. Like just for like high school type Queen things. Queen was shy? I never, uh. You're saying you were a late bloomer. You're saying you're Beyonce? <laughs> I'm saying I'm a late bloomer with regards to having anxiety about being on stage. Got it. Beyonce doesn't have anxiety. Right, because in your youth, you don't realize how much it can hurt in the same way? Uh, yes, but just life in general. Not the stage thing, but yes, in my youth, I didn't <laughs> you're like, just how life much hurting. life in general would hurt. Life hurts. And I think it just, you know, sort of ground <laughs> me down over the years. <laughs> that's exactly, the wrong, that's the wrong exactly how I feel about it. Identify. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it. And then life happened, and... I think everyone understands. I definitely have new anxieties that I didn't have before. Please do go on. <laughs> Let's see. Life anxieties. Probably... Go on faster. Well, the stage thing. Like I said, <laughs> <laughs> it's about was one of them. I mean, I didn't have a bit prepared about it. What was that? What was the experience of feeling fear and being on stage? What was that like? I think the lights had a lot to do with it. It is. The audience looks different. You're unraised. I couldn't... It, I was creeped out by how I couldn't see people's faces, which I is like oh, a basic yeah. thing, but I didn't even think about that. 
Uh, and I was like looking around for people. Because like, you're looking for that me. reassurance too. Like, Very much am, so. I doing, then, am I doing okay? It's, it's and you can't see anybody's void. faces. It's just blackness. It's just a metaphor for like all my fears about <laughs> existence in the universe. You're going to have nightmares about it. I'm just shouting into a void. That's what you do it for. I think that is an element of it. Like, I think part of what made me want to try it is because I knew something about it would be terrible. And there is like a depressing element of it, like a, a, a fun and depressing element. Oh, yeah. Which I think is why I have, you know, I'm kind of attracted to shitty jobs or like, you know, uh, jobs where you feel like you can do something, but you're not really recognized for it. Right. Um, Isn't that why everybody does comedy, Dan? I just don't feel like our audience is going to be able to identify with any of this. What? Having shitty jobs. Most Isn't people love this their is jobs. Our we- <laughs> this is our wheelhouse. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, what kind of jobs do they have? Because I'm pretty it's sure it's actually that our wheel apartment. Everybody's, it's our wheel studio it's apartment. Everybody has fancied themselves pretty funny, and it's like, you know, I could. I, I mean, the grass is always sometimes. greener, right? Like I've been in my corporate gig for all these years now, right? It's because it's an easy job. It's an easy yeah. job, and I'm yeah. going, and I'm, I'm going, man, I don't have to worry about all these things. I know where all the bills are going to get paid, and I can, you know. Go, go out to dinner a couple times and yeah, you know, I could be making more money, but God, I just, I don't have to do much. Yeah. And it's pretty chill. It's you just need to get over that hump. And then once you've done that, you can prove that you've done that. And then you're like in the club sort of. That's the problem is it doesn't take anything to not try at work, you yeah. know? And if you're not progressing as a human being, then you know, you're going to go backward. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, oh man, get me out of here. Because we all want to be doing something that is going to fulfill us, but you have to balance that out. Yeah. I mean, I think I'd be happy with a job probably like yours, and then I just do a podcast. That would be the grass is enough. always greener, man. Yeah, the grass is always greener. I I really I messed up though because I did the whole traditional thing. I graduated college, and then it just I didn't. Uh, I don't know why they didn't think I was like uh, they didn't believe that I was like a normal person. I don't know. I couldn't <laughs> get over that <laughs> initial. Who is, thing. Hold on, who's there? Yeah. Who's there? You know, whoever is uh, handing out the jobs. <laughs> Oh, the oh Carl, people. the job guy. Yeah. Carl, who hounds at the Guys, job you know, at the job store. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of job people, and I guess in the way we Shut are up, job dude. <laughs> You know, it's always no, so. No, but I, I know what you. I know what you're talking can about. I just tell you, it's so refreshing every time. And I shouldn't admit this out loud because you guys are going to both take this to heart. But uh, when people say "shut up, Dan," like it's always refreshing because I, it's, I'm like a child that like is craving that constantly. Yeah. I think. And so when somebody actually says "shut up, Dan," I'm always like, ah. It's the discipline I just so desperately need. Well, what it is, is we, yeah, because. No, 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 I'm not finished. And so uh, (laughs) what I was going to say is that coffee is just the best and I need to attend to that. But y'all talk amongst yourselves. No, what I was going to say is not, it's not discipline. It's just that it's just us giving you chances to speak and you letting us down. So we, (laughs) we I've never let anybody down ever, especially with speaking. (laughs) How dare you? How dare you, sir? I'm just kidding. Be gone. Exempt. Okay, I mean, I can step out and I'm work on coffee. I need you coffee. to talk. I need you to keep the ball in the air. I'm going. I, to I just thought it was a funny thing to say because uh, I think you are uh, more uh, verbal than me. I'm more prone to pauses. So the fact that there was ever a pause with you not talking and you started to talk, I just thought it'd be well, funny. Well, he's verbal. He's, he's, he's also like, very tactile. I'm listen, listen. Here, can't, here, the audience can't. Hey, as the that. third party, I'll count, comment about both of you. <laughs> Please. Uh, <laughs> you're very verbal and he's you're, and today, you're but... very eloquent. Oh, thank you. So, so you're together. just kind of, yeah, like, so you're just like, you know, you're making statements and you're speaking carefully. John's questioning and I'm, you know, pretty sure of my sexuality. 
Yeah, but that's just two different personalities. Like oh. you don't you don't feel like you have to have it managed as well in your head before you're going to talk about it. I know exactly how that is because <laughs> right. that's how relationships end. You know what I mean? Like in my I've head, I've got it all figured out, and then I say it, and I'm like, well, that didn't make much sense. I just it it it, it checks out. I have been married for six years, Woo! so that's amazing. Yeah, sometimes it is best to think. Before. But then it's not good for uh, going on stage because then you doubt yourself. What do you mean? I don't know. I was trying to tie it into what we were saying earlier. But I think what you're talking about is somewhat related to like, I think anxiety begets the like stopping to think about what you're saying before you say it because you assume it could come out poorly otherwise. There it is. Wow. So it's not the best for like, certainly not good for improv. But for a podcast no, format you, where I can edit right. long spaces together afterwards, it works. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I think you're good at it anyway, but it's like, it's just hard to not let that... If you're not nervous about... Like, the anxiety, you you have to learn to wield it is kind of what it is, right? Because right. everybody experiences it. So it's just like, you just have to deal with it. But I think it depends too on like the topic and the form of... You know, if you're up there in front of everybody, yeah. what is it that you're doing? Like you're doing a podcast and like you're comfortable doing a podcast. Like some mm-hmm. people are comfortable on the stage. Some people are comfortable singing. Some people are comfortable right. telling jokes. Right. But you got to use that. Either that or take like a beta blocker. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, it's a good point. It is a different format in general because uh, it did feel very artificial. Like the whole, like this is just us talking, which is like something I feel I'm good at. But the the joke from Dan's shaking his head. But the format of like a stand-up, it's so artificial the way we've like as a society decided what that looks like mm-hmm. that it is a little like it, there's like a fraudulent element attached well, to it. Well, it's hard too though when you're seeing it. This is another thing that makes open mics hard and amateur stuff hard in general because the setting is like you're seeing behind the backstage. Mm-hmm. You know, the production value isn't there. Mm-hmm. And whether we like it or not, like if you got up at the stage in a comedy store with a packed house right and 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 somebody just come on and warmed him up it's gonna have at least an energy and and that's right. the hardest part about performing as an amateur like whether you're on the street whether you're an open mic there's no energy you have right. to create it yourself yeah and, and that's hard to do and then I, you can tell everybody did it yeah i think that's i think that's the biggest thing that i wasn't quite expecting how much of a void it would be that i was looking out at and you know speaking to and in many different ways you have to be sort of, yeah, you have to create the hype yourself. And that's not something, because I did prepare a routine. <laughs> just, yeah. just, maybe we can edit that out, I don't know. What? The, just the coffee, the coffee grinder. grinder? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dan's making coffee. Which is appreciated, though. Not giving you crap for that. Yeah, like, we need the coffee, clearly. I had my routine pretty well prepared, and then I just forgot a lot of it. But also, that was partially because I uh, tried to drink to calm myself down, which probably wasn't the best idea. Especially combined with the different medications. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually taking a, I'm taking an anti-narcoleptic medicine. And uh, you know how most times, it sounds like a bit, but this is just a real thing. Like medications will say like, like be careful mixing with alcohol or something to that effect. Like this one just says, do not drink with this medication. So anyway, I, 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 I that's what I did. But I, I think that probably, you know, hurt a little bit. No, I mean. There are some things that you shouldn't do while on drug, mm-hmm. and there's something, some drugs that really help you do things like that. That's true. And I'm I'm not kidding about those beta blocks and stuff. Like I was so bummed when I found out that people did that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then it made so much sense because I'm thinking I'm like, man, how did some of these people not get 
overwhelmed with anxiety. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm gonna, this, here's a career-defining moment in front of millions of people all around yeah. the world, and I'm going to do it, and I better not screw it up because everything rides on like yeah. you know, if you don't think they feel that pressure, like I just I don't know that I think there's some people that don't, but I think there's there's a number of people that do, yeah. and they'll take things like beta blockers that keep their heart rate down, and they'll do things to combat it, and and that really helps. I yeah, mean, you take a Xanax and one For of those sure. things, and and all of a sudden you'll be like things will be fine. I think that is a funny thing about taking a <laughs> like I mentioned the antinarcoleptic or Adderall we were talking about earlier. Oh yeah, uh, those things definitely are not lowering your heart rate. No. So that, that probably increases oh anxiety as well. I'm always sweat. Like, if I take that so I'm sweaty and yeah. it's awful. Like, just, yeah. Man, it's an element. Yeah, you got to take the good with the bad. You know, you want to stay but awake. You, but you went up there and you did it. Yeah. Which I think was probably, I mean, it's a necessary first step. You have to do it. And everybody's bad at it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I still got some laughs. Like, I, I feel like the material I wrote was okay. Yeah. It was just, uh, I was caught off guard by how much I would be nervous about it. That is just, yeah. It's scary, man. It's scary. It also is, uh, it's a it is, it's a weird thing that, like, you do expect feedback, even though I knew what the room would be like, because I know what it, like, I've heard people talk about open mics, and I know that it's just other people like me waiting their turn and whatnot. Yeah. But I think maybe just, like, because every stand-up I've ever listened to or watched for 30 years you get that like natural rhythm. You get an idea that like there's a pause and a laugh. So then when you are experiencing it not happening, it still catches you off guard. Even if you oh, are yeah. like you tell yourself you're expecting it, it just throws the whole rhythm. Because when you're preparing it, when you're coming up with it, like you can't help but imagine a sort of like natural like break for applause well, or a certain amount of something. And then there's also this loss there, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. It's like for a microsecond, this feeling of loss because you've lost that laugh or this, this moment that you thought was funny might not be funny. Mm-hmm. And that, and you have to take that and then like push forward all in like a split second. Yeah. It's the same thing with music. It's like you can't, you the can't same thing. Weakness. Yeah. Cause everybody sees it. Everybody knows you're expecting a laugh right there. But I've definitely, I've, I like that you said applause, by the way, as opposed to just laugh. I thought that was great. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wisdom. It's just nice to behold wisdom on a night out in the town. Yeah, it's so funny. You know what we're talking about, though? It's like, have you ever played uh, music somewhere or done anything? I can give my example, which is playing music somewhere where people aren't listening. Like, I'm hired to play music or I'm uh-huh. playing music for the night and no one's listening. Right, right. You know? And you'll end and you'll, like, have given a song, like, 100%, uh-huh. you know? And you'll get nothing. Like no one was listening, and it feels weird. It's yeah. a weird feeling when What's the song that you when no you one hundred percent nobody was there, dude. I don't know, but I just think it'd be really funny to know which song. I, I'm just saying that, like, everybody hurts. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, there's a void there. It's the same thing when no one laughs at your joke, and you have to recover from it and keep going. And I think that's the most amazing thing that about stand-up comedy is because it's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, that is kind of what makes me want to do it again is just it was so terrifying that I feel like it would be really good psychologically for me to at least get up to a point where I can be comfortable enough on stage to just like get up there and do something and not care. Yeah, right. Encounter like a new fear. You should probably just like stay away from. I mean, that's that's how people that's how species survive. I I do my fair share of avoiding fears. Definitely. Okay. I mean, if you want. I'm just kidding. And you should definitely do it again. I'd be happy to join you again. It was a good time. Kind of. Yeah. Well, it was an open mic, so that's exactly appropriate. There was a second I thought Johnny was just going to be doing his first set for like me and the host. 
like the guy that was actually like playing the music who was the real host and then there was this old lady who was the MC. and like half the time they would go like behind the curtain while like other people were talking so like they wouldn't even be two audience members i know got it i thought it was just gonna be me and johnny and johnny was gonna be telling me the set which i thought was pretty funny i heard him do it before yeah and i was prepared to laugh and i did laugh a bit i appreciate it <laughs> but there's always people listening that you don't think we're listening that's probably true there were probably some people behind the curtain yeah in russia i'm talking about it's a russia joke it's a ussr joke that's why another thing that's hard about open mics is like to gauge how real that audience is because it's just a bunch of people like yourself it's, yeah and and but it's not public a great you, what you want is a good like audience of dumb people that have come <laughs> in optimistically that, you know yeah and you don't always get that so here's a couple things dan uh maybe you can give me your insight on um Ooh. the uh topically I feel like as soon as I got up there, I understood why people like do so many like uh, like dick jokes and just like lame type of jokes. There's something about it that immediately made me want to go to like the lowest con- common denominator. And I always felt it was like a calculated thing. Like there's no, like I'm playing to my audience, but I think it might be even deeper than that. Like it was just something about the situation where I just wanted to. I mean, same thing kind of with the podcast, like all the racist stuff we have to edit out. I was going to say, I caught some of that racist stuff listening that you didn't edit out. And I was like, that's kind of racist. Huh. I know, I know. But that's doing a podcast with Johnny. Um, it wasn't Johnny? Don't give me that look. <laughs> what did I say? Um, so I think that, that that the most clear example of that is fuck. Is when people, you have a real tendency to want to say, in the fucking something. And what the fuck? After we're joking and stuff like that. And, and there's just like all sorts of weird draws to say the word fuck or to emphasize something uh by saying fucking something and it really is just because there's this uh kind of carnal uh need to please the masses and it like like the romans do chasing around each other with phalluses and stuff like that i don't know cursing's fun yeah and it's kind of fun way of punctuating things but it's very effective it's fun and it's fun it is fun well, that's kind of what i'm saying but is there's that element but also i think it just naturally comes out of me like i i'm sure i said fuck a lot um, just naturally without thinking about like I'm trying to please anyone. Right, right. There's something about the attitude you adapt. Probably I, just I from say seeing... fuck a lot usually when somebody's pleasing me. Well, that's what uh, I'm saying. It's about pleasing yourself. I think people say fucking this because it's it, it, they they're upset. They're trying to emotionally express themselves whether yeah. it's a story or otherwise, right? And they're saying it because it feels good to them, not because they think it's going to be necessarily funny. But I do think oh, guys, people do you know what that alarm means do that every day. I wake up and pour myself a cup of that rich Folgers aroma. The then best part of waking up is the do up do up the Mountains of aroma always coming through. Always coming through. Oh, the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. All right. It's a, it's a coffee break for you guys. Don't drink Folgers. Folgers sucks dick. Sucking dick is not a problem. I've done it many times. Let's not. Let's, can we cut the can we cut the the part where I sure? It's the worst. It's funny because I didn't remember there was anything to that except the, the, just that, the the people that sang that also sang "Where in the World Is Carmen San Diego." <laughs> is that a real factor? Yeah, they were they're one of those acapella bands before they were cool. Really? Yeah. Interesting. They, yeah, they're not they weren't cool. They weren't cool. <laughs> but they did fold. I I only remember that the best part of waking up is folders in your cup. I thought that was the entirety of well, the thing. Well, that already existed, but then they did this doo-wop doo-wop. Oh, I see. Version of it. I see. That was yeah, that Dan just did. I I got gotcha. you. Okay. 
Oh, Dan. I, I may have never seen that one. Yeah, it's a random. He's in. He's a nerd. He was in. He was in um an acapella group in college. Did you know this? About I him? did not know that actually. He's one of those people. He's one of those people. <laughs> That's funny. I, and he's divulged. I know about the slam poetry and stuff. Um, oh yeah. I did not know about the acapella if he group. Could, if it meant attention, <laughs> I mean, I could see Dan it. was participating. Except for male cheerleading, right? Oh, thank you, sir. I'm just saying, though, but if you had the talent for male cheerleading, he would have done it, you know? <laughs> right. He's no George Bush. The new boy in the neighborhood lives downstairs and it's understood. He's there just to take good care of me. Like he's one of the family. Charles in charge of our days and our nights. Charles in charge of our rounds and our rides. And I see, I want, I want Charles in charge of me. Charles in charge of our days and our nights. Charles in charge of our rounds and our rides. And I see, I want Charles in charge of me. Yeah, some good coffee. I hope that the audience out there doesn't have the same expectations for the guests. So you're open mic, though. Did you feel okay about it then, or did you feel like you bad, did bad relative to what you were expecting? I felt fine about it because, like you're saying, I think I knew it would be bad. I, I, I didn't have any expectation. I think that's what I needed to do. I needed to stand up and humiliate myself <laughs> but as a rite of passage, more yeah. for myself than it was for anybody else. I mean, like you said, it gets easier once there's an audience. So there's an element of like, if you can do it here, you could do it anywhere. Right. Um, and it's an important part because I think even the best comedians talk about how they're always there's a chance of bombing. So right. that probably is like the biggest thing about being a professional comedian is like learning how to deal with. Yeah. With that failure. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, that's it in general, really. Yeah. It's a big thing in life. How do you how do you deal with that and solve the comedy? but like there's a lot of things when i i played poker uh professionally for a few years and uh what yeah that's that was sort of what he's I, like man no big deal there's a few <laughs> years back in it was it was right after college it it, it was cool but it became the, the economy changed i did well i mean i made more money than i make now i wasn't like a millionaire but i was making a nice middle class salary for several years as like you know starting right out of college um but I think like those years of experience probably would have been good uh, yeah. at a job um, just to prove to people. Yeah. I, I mean, you say that, but again, I don't think you can look back on I think that's really cool life experience. That, it like, was really cool. Can say and I did that. take a chance. It could have worked out like it It just the laws changed so people couldn't get their money online as easily. Right. Um. So then you get fewer like crappy people doing it, which, you know, is obviously important. But yeah, it was cool, and I could work from anywhere, and it was important, and it allowed me to move to LA when my wife got a job here. Yeah. Um, but in any case, there's a lot of things that like become important as like doing that professionally that aren't just like being able to tell what someone's hand is or something like basic that you would expect, like just emotional stability. Like there's always things that like aren't what you necessarily think of when you see like what makes a good comedian or a good poker player, but right. Um, when you're dealing with money and like you're always going to be losing hands like that is a big part of it no matter how good you are you can't win every hand that it's like knowing about how to lose as little as possible on the hands when you lose is part of it you know so there is something 
as someone who's grown up in America, especially like anytime you lose money, it does get there's an emotional element to it. It's hard to see your money, like especially with like an actual graphic of your money being shifted to another person. Yeah. Um. So a big part of it is just remaining objective with your decisions and not like going. They call it going on tilt afterwards. Um. Because a lot of people might be like understand the strategy enough to be profitable, but in the long run they won't be because they can't stay at their A game. That's some intense shit about poker. You sounded like an NBA player. Yeah, how do you stay at your like, A game, Johnny? Well, I'm serious I, though. Cause, cause, but ain't that the truth though? You got to take everything that serious to, do to make like any Phil money Collins. doing it. Wait, not Phil Collins. I look like Phil Collins. You look like uh, Phil Jackson like five years ago because you're younger than him. Oh, and that's really. right. He he, uh, he was five years ahead of I me mean, I see in what you're high school. Five years ahead. Of you. So what do you guys want to talk about? Yeah. Wait. Was that a re- was that a real question? I, was there something in there that I was actually supposed to respond to? Oh no, there was no question. Okay. Cool. You look like Phil Jackson. Okay. You look old for your age. That's fine. Jesus says the bald guy across the room. I said I look like Phil Collins. It <laughs> <laughs> wasn't a compliment to myself. I mean, Phil Jackson's wise. I'll Not an that. insult to he Phil Collins wise. either, buddy. Yeah, Phil Collins is listening, Dan. Sorry. He's a big fan, actually. Yeah. <laughs> amongst the balls, there's a lot of like, two worlds, one family. I'm just saying. Yeah, but there's, I'm sure there's a lot of ball guys out there that are like, he's just a newbie to you. <laughs> what? You know? That's funny. They're I like, he, that, he's, that, that guy doesn't know. the balls in town. I'm the yeah, new no, no, that guy's like, that guy doesn't know. He's only been bald, what, 10 years? Wait till he's in it 30 or 40 years like you me. I've only been bald 10 years. Thanks, buddy. I feel like you weren't bald. Were you bald when you started at West LA? <laughs> this is one of those subjects we should change the subject i feel like i need to lie down guys if we're gonna really <laughs> yeah that's fine. Uh, no uh i think i was still doing no i still had some hair i could still have hair now if i really let it go guys I uh, so dude much I, you could i just choose not to listen i was just trying to make a joke about physically. somebody being old and not thinking that you were legit for making those jokes that is a funny idea to think that to someone think you're like appropriating their baldness well haven't you guys noticed that that like every year we get older there's always somebody complaining to us about how we're too young to understand and that, that like just never that back and forth like you're old now to touch and then young too young to understand it just never stops no man yeah. this is when you really always... start this is because i don't know if you're at that age where you really when you start talking to your parents now and stuff you're like guys you're too old. You don't understand. You're not with it. You're not with it. I'm. I'm so with it. I'm like. I. I'm in my mid thirties. I don't know. I don't know. I had the wisdom outside of the twenties. I've done. I've done that. You know. And I've accomplished a lot in my twenties. And uh, now that I'm in my mid thirties, you know, not in the forties yet. I still have my youth, ish. And uh, you know, I, I, I'm. I'm virile. Vir- does that mean? What, what? How do I carry viruses? What's the word for that? Yeah, I'm viral. You're, no. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. What? That's not the word. What? What Dan's trying to say is he's he's woke. Oh yes. Thank you. Has, yeah. Whoa. Well, probably more so than your parents. Yes. That's kind of everybody's. Uh, I hope. I mean, I and hope. shouldn't that be how it is? Yeah. If it's not, like then for the you're world, really to doing work. something wrong because like, they grew up, you know, in a world that was much different than ours. Like my parents were born in the fifties, so I don't know. Were they? Did they have slaves then? It was a long time. <laughs> like, <laughs> not officially. I mean, like your parents, though. I don't know. I don't know their personal history. Oh no, they definitely did. <laughs> okay. That's funny. Listen, the, my parents were born in the late forties, so mm-hmm. it was like the same deal, you know. And there's that that whole like fifties utopia thing going on. Yeah, it wasn't real. But you know, I think it's what I'm saying is there's both. It's like there's not right one way or the other. It's like youth is always arrogant, right? Yeah. And and then you're wise when you're older, 
but you might not be as with it and up on whatever the latest thing is that's going on, but you have this perspective that only comes with time. I have to say, I've never really felt that the youth is like not... Uh... Would you want a 20-year-old running the country? Well, actually, hold on, wait. That's a bad question. <laughs> I'd probably choose any 20-year-old. Like you get, uh, being, I mean, I think society likes youth more than it likes old age. So there's something... like I, I would rather have a 20-year-old running the country. Guys, right now, which 20-year-old... I don't know what's made 20. Ariana Grande. Say, She's probably like 29. Tour. Give me, show me to your bin of 20 year olds and I will pick one with my eyes closed and put him in the White Actually, House. How many times have you said that? Every weekend you're like, show me to me your bin of 20 year olds. <laughs> he never finds that bin, but he searches for it. That's funny. Who is going to be that? Per- I don't know any 20 year olds, even in pop culture. I couldn't name a one. Yeah, no. That's not kid anybody. We're so much wisdom in the middle. Do you feel like you are wiser personally? Yes. Because I don't think I'm that much wise. I like, I think I had. Uh, I'm the same level of like of intelligence, and what have I really done in the meantime? That's it. You know, wisdom isn't. You can have wisdom about things that because you read a lot of books, but it doesn't mean you necessarily had a chance to apply that wisdom. And sometimes you go, well, what is wisdom unapplied? Is it really wisdom at all? Maybe if you told it to somebody else and they did something with it. Yeah, I guess I don't know what that's like. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's actually wise. Yeah, that's fair. But I mean, <laughs> I think that uh, the standard of electing like seventy plus year olds is not better than electing like idealistic 20 year olds. I would rather like a kid from Harvard who's 20 than a guy who went to Harvard in 1960. <laughs> I'm point is they go to Harvard, but like it, it's weird that we have such old people running the country. Like what's the average age of a president? Isn't it like, like 45? I mean like 50. Is it? I thought it's feel, I feels like in my lifetime, it's been much older than that oh no yeah that's right well the minimum age is 40 right it's 35 35 really but that's never like that's kennedy never. was the youngest and he was what like in his 40s for sure he right? was like 40 yeah i think he's 40 and how old was barack obama and he was 42 or something he wasn't that old now he's an old man god bless obama but anyway you're right it's old it's been a lot of older it's fucking gen- old people but 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 every generation said that too that's the thing it's like that's never changed it's like what do you think they were fighting in the late 60s i mean it's old people sending them to Nam. You know, like it's always been, it's always been that way. And we, I don't know how, I don't I guess I'm saying it now because I feel like as someone who is now older than 20, I want to point out like, no, it's not just that I was 20 and I felt like it'd be better. As I get older, I want to remind myself it still would be better. Like, I don't want to be the (laughs) 60-year-old who's like, no, we should really have (laughs) 60-year-olds running the country. It's like, no, it's, you're fucking old now. Exactly. If the average person your age can't operate a smartphone, you're just too old. <laughs> Survival of the fittest. It's Darwin. Well, it's you because just, the people you can't leaving. operate a smartphone, so you die. The week, There's a the lot week, of senators that maybe don't know how to use it. It smartphone. could be anything, but the point is the maybe people that you are ruling over are different than you. Mm-hmm. Like you should represent them. And if they if you can't operate a smartphone, you are not <laughs> <laughs> you are not representative of the culture that you're controlling. Well, we all know our president can operate a smartphone. Yeah, it's true. So no worries there. Right. Thank yeah. God. So we're in good tiny <laughs> hands. <laughs> Stay woke. All right. Thank you. So um, I've been getting into this comedy thing because... Uh, well, as a Jew, I do love a good bargain. <laughs> I mean, thank you. I I haven't told the joke yet, but uh, far be it for me to look a gift horse in the mouth. But is that really 
Is that really all that's necessary? I don't know setup. I just need to state uh, already established stereotypes. Uh, so, uh, Chinese people like to work hard. Anyway, no, I'm kidding. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I've heard a lot of comedians talk about their mental health issues on stage. And, uh, you know, how they use the stages as, as therapy. And I'm sitting here thinking... I'm paying 200 bucks an hour for therapy. I gotta give that a try. 200 bucks versus free, that's tough to beat. Or, if not free, then a two-drink minimum. And I'm like, oh no, I have to have at least two drinks? I'll have to treat it like everywhere I go, all the time. So I've been trying to based on that, but uh, let me tell you, you quickly find out that... uh, 200 bucks an hour is a small price to pay to not have your deepest, most personal revelations interrupted by, Shut up, homo! Like, that doesn't even make sense. I said the dream is about having sex with my mother, since when is that gay? I mean, weird, sure. Inappropriate. And speed. That's the type of drugs you're doing. Are you recording right now? Yeah, that's why I said speed. It was a double. What? No, I'm not. Huh? Well, yeah. <laughs> Is that a joke? Is that... A... I don't He's recording it. right so now. Are you recording? Speed? Yeah. Oh, man, everybody's been recording all this? No, just now. No, oh, like just the last now. one I said Minute. speed. Oh, okay. That's like... God. But we probably should have been it's recording record. all well, of Well, what we were just talking about was... I was basically... It was like, you know, I was coming and I was like, what exactly is your show about, your podcast about? And you guys were going to talk to me about it. I was just going to whip out my got all frazzled and, and stare into it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. Because I said, you know, yeah, like, so what's, you know, what's the general, how well, do I fit in? Am yeah, I we've fit- never had a guest before. That's so what we were talking about. Yeah. Usually guests are like pitching something and then you ask about that, I guess, is how That's shows do it. Tell right. us about your latest movie. Um, right. A book I've written. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got any yeah. books you've written lately? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How perfect. to be a lonely man in the mountains far away and not kill yourself. Okay. That's important. Right. I don't like the ending. <laughs> <laughs> it's an M. Night Shyamalan thing. At the end, he yeah. kills himself. No one's expecting a, it. I already, sold, I already sold the rights to him. So you asked what the show's about. I, I, I wondered this once if we were to ever tackle any type of legitimate advertising. And I do like to think that the idea of two male receptionists uh, does try to speak to the, the purgatory of uh, self-loathing and underachievement. And uh, I think that's what we're trying to, that's really to what harness we're trying there. To get to. Is people who don't... So maybe- wait, hold on. This is, this is exciting and special. Okay. So as your, as your first guest, <laughs> <laughs> you're saying that other than you two... I'm the most underachieving, <laughs> despite my potential person. Whoa, whoa! Nobody brought know. the potential. Yeah. No, that's part of it, though, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we both like. There's an undercurrent of like, and we is, should be doing is more. There, is, certainly, is the male receptionist <laughs> thing like a like a, a a patriarchal kind of wink? Like, well, if we were women, nobody would think twice that we were receptionists because that's what women should do. Well, no, not that part. Um, well, I mean, it's the idea that I think it's more embarrassing. It's more like... We have talked about that before, about why is that... I think it's a little more uh, like hard on your sleeves, like uh, we are losers. Right. Yeah. And part of that is unfair because of like the patriarchy, because society would expect us to do more, but... 
But then they'll also meet, we but should then society be meets because us we do have those. They were really nice guys, and they also meet us and they expect less. You know, like kind of cool thing. No, it's like listen, I get what it is. It, it's a working man thing. I mean, it's a it's a like you're talking about. There's always been levels in society, right? It's it's laborers. It's like listen, this is a, not a glamorous job, right? That we're that we're necessarily proud of having, mm-hmm. but we're that doesn't mean that our views are any less interesting, and we're not. You know what I mean? And 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 that's what makes it accessible because ninety nine percent of people are like you guys and like me. So yeah, if you, who are, who are who, a lot of them are dumb though. That's the thing. Who but there's there's are existing are, and working and getting by and getting through the day. And I can listen to two guys talk about that. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, because everybody's out. Everybody's struggling. Everybody's struggling. It's just and nobody talks we, about it. Nobody I think talks should we play the "Everybody's Struggling" song? Do you have like, a song? I, yeah, I feel like remember that song from oh, a Jesus. year ago. The "Everybody's Struggling." Uh, if you'll just do the call and response, if you don't mind. <laughs> Are you kidding it's me? About like a, I don't know. It's been like a year or so since we've actually done it, but it goes "Everybody's Struggling." I don't remember, yeah, man. Yeah. I, okay. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody's uh, struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's struggling. Everybody's struggling. Oh, everybody's struggling. Everybody's struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's we get the idea. Oh, everybody. We got struggling. it. We get it. It's very um. Somehow it's. It was, it was a struggle. Yeah, it was a struggle. <laughs> Here, here's how I would describe it. It's like oh, um, been thinking about it now. If Upton Sinclair <laughs> went underground, like worked the shitty meat packing job, but then instead of writing the jungle, he just started a podcast no one listened to. That's what it's like. <laughs> yeah. Well said, Johnny. But sometimes people listen to the podcast. I mean, Asher has listened to the podcast. And that's why we've invited him onto the show. Just show the right, because again, just to, to show proof, this is social proof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a psychological concept where we <laughs> no, prove no, no. to the audience someone else has listened to it, it's so therefore like, it's okay it's for them like to listen to it. like when people have children, you're like, we did it at least once, y'all. We did it. <laughs> we did it. What do we get? This child here, Asher. <laughs> children are weird, weird, right? Oh my, man. Children are expensive, aren't they? Of course. Yeah, this isn't the... Uh, Should we do some Ray Romano jokes for the <laughs> audience? Uh, yeah, well, you know, I've heard uh, old people love podcasts. <laughs> Would you stop? That's so funny. Should I explain it? Would you stop? I mean, it's My mom won't finish. get data on her phone. I can't convince her to get data. I'm like, you can use it for maps, the internet, streaming, all sorts of stuff. She's like, why would I need to do any of that in the car? I'm like, I don't know. Because you're sitting in traffic, mom. Because like, no, I'm, I'm she's still got like a Magellan car gps or something you know and i, I, I <laughs> she still has a minority that it's sits like, in the car with her and you know no is that not is that not funny <laughs> no. it's just a virginia joke oh yeah no it's not quite like that anyway South. continue <laughs> um, i told you we uh, lots of editing <laughs> no 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 i was just saying that you know my mom doesn't have data on her phone <laughs> yeah that is kind of i mean that's that's the that means something. <laughs> that does. What were we her talking about? You. I don't know what we were talking about. You guys are supposed to be steering this ship. Who's in charge here? Hold on. This is a question for both of you guys. Who's Don. in charge here? <laughs> <laughs> Not it. That is so funny. Dan doesn't miss a beat. John. John is. He, he's it's good. John. He's good to have around. <laughs> Thank God. I think we do a good job of playing off each other and keeping. It really just is where it goes. It probably would be better if we had more prepared ideas, but it also is just keeping the ball in the air. 
John and I like to talk to each other about our feelings and thoughts, you see. But if you are looking for an underlying thing, it's it's the the depression and the uh <laughs> and the uh Don't forget the poverty. The poverty. I just snorted into the microphone. <laughs> The depression, and who could forget the <laughs> the the, 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 the ho- crushing de- poverty, the that's crushing poverty and the constant poverty. When we do our live shows, they're like, "Do the poverty." <laughs> it's so funny, but I mean, every like we I really can relate. Just, you got to pay more for your tickets. So the, we'll do the poverty bit for you. I think it would be good to have like an elevator pitch. And in the, the description, I think it says uh, a discussion of life, labor, and existential dread. That's how it's. That's good. Up. That's good. I like that. See that you already got it figured out. That you should have given me give me that. Well, that's kind of what we've been doing. Though. I mean, that's what. Well, no, no. I meant it, when, you when mean I asked you. you as no, an I meant when I asked you. I've been giving the more verbal answer. He's been giving the yeah. more whatever you called it earlier. That was better than verbal. But but, it, but but we're doing a show not tell thing here. Listen, I'm not trying to critique the show, but. Well, I was just saying, as the guest of honor, your first, your saddest you guest. You keep building yourself up. Like, yeah, my, the grand first guest. Well, now I'm you're the guest of honor. Who said we were honored? <laughs> well, what to are be we fair, honoring We for? did interview a homeless I, guy guys, last week, actually. I just I, haven't put it up I yet. just explained this to you because that must mean that I'm the most miserable, sad, depressed person other than you guys, that you, or the first one that you thought of. Which is which is a funny concept. Right, which I think is pretty special. That makes me pretty special. Although, like I got to say, I, we, I've been talking, Devin... Yeah, we, we don't want to encourage you feeling special again. That's not... Devin, who I work with, show. or who, who I used to work with and Dan works with, um, has been wanting to come on the show for a while. So, Devin, uh, you'll be next, I promise. This just happened. Dude, I hijacked it completely. It was a complete coincidence, but... Sing us a song, actually. Yeah, so no. that's the thing. is He's a, he's a musician, so that's what we were going to ask him about. Um, I'm happy to be, like, depressed about it, because that's the fun part, right? So being a music, Being anything involved in the art... So gift. there's no place in our society... Yeah. Well, there's a very small percentage of jobs that are going to reward an artist, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's sold to you is something that you could do but <laughs> but it's really hard so i mean i i play music on the side but i consistently play music on the side. what what is that like what is that life like that life is like an extra couple hundred bucks in my pocket every couple weeks <laughs> you know <laughs> what good. i mean like it but like not... what sort of gigs do you do you, do you have a band or do you uh... no i just i'll play wherever Mm-hmm. honestly singer like, songwriter yeah just singer songwriter stuff like old 60s and 70s folk songs and stuff like that and i'll play i've played everything from like a bar bars restaurants like libraries grocery stores the street grocery stores yeah i was playing at gelson's in silver lake nice they bring in like live music all the time so people go check it out if you're ever around there but but yeah i uh i i played there that was that was actually really fun it sometimes it is really fun you know i was talking about not having an audience right Mm -hmm. well like it's kind of nice not having an audience sometimes when you're just playing music and you're getting paid a couple hundred bucks or whatever and you're like this is kind of pretty fun for a couple hours like i'm just gonna play some songs and no one's judging me i mean silver like sounds like it's just cool to play music there in general like that in itself just sounds cool but i mean i was in front of like flowers by the wine aisle Mm -hmm. which is appropriate you got some tips right yeah, I got some tips. Like more tips than you would expect. Yeah, people are generous. It's really amazing. You know, you can make decent change on the streets too if you're any good. Like, or just go out there and just do it. But if you're any good, people make good money. It's like super competitive, like busking on the streets. Like people, people don't necessarily think about this, but like out there in Santa Monica and stuff, it's all right regulated, right? And you have right. to, and you have spots, and people have their spots, and it's very territorial, and people yeah. are making their living doing it, and it's a whole underground 
thing with its yeah. own subculture. I mean, uh, but a lot of people have, have done that kind of thing and come up through the ranks and, and done sure. it. You know? I think that is, um, we may have talked about this before, but I think music is more just like inherently pleasing as an art form than comedy. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if it, have you seen someone do the same thing, like just telling jokes? Because I feel like, I mean, you can just be shopping and hear music in the background. It's just pleasant. Um, but I think it'd be more out of place to hear someone telling jokes and perhaps not as well received. Yeah, you shouldn't be doing stand-up comedy in the grocery store when no one's listening and everyone's walking around. It, I think it's a comedy rough... really depends on your the vibe. You think it's harder? What's the deal with fat people buying vegetables? You're not fooling anybody, pal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's something I wanted to ask you about though. Is like like a negativity. The other thing I mentioned dick jokes, but the other thing I want to ask if you think is a real thing. I always thought it was weird that uh, people have this like aggression, like that they'll like go after the audience. And like, I feel like people don't go to comedy sometimes because they're afraid that like Don Rickles is going to roast them. Oh, yeah. But as soon as I got on stage, I understood it. (laughs) Yeah. People suck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. People suck. If you're relying on them for it, then you're not strong enough to be performing. Yeah. Right. I what mean, do you think, Dan? not always, but it's because uh, I mean, there are people that it's, crowd work is part of their shtick, and it's just, and they're they're so good at it, and you know, it's just what they do, and that's great. Um, no, a but a lot of times you can tell when it, somebody goes into the crowd because they're uh, the material they got, nothing's biting, and it's it's a move of desperation. A lot of the time, not always, but a lot of the time, it's a move of desperation. Well, here's here, let me yeah. clarify: not just crowd work in general, but I mean, like a negativity in comedy. What are your thoughts on that? Just like yeah, well, if you're so like it's a very needy. Just the act is very needy. It survives on an exchange. It's like you say something and then there's laughter. You know, the audience is there because they want to laugh. But and isn't what, that I, the yeah. same like on paper as music, like or any type of performance? Why is no, there such a negativity <laughs> wrapped up with comedy? Well, because the uh, the because of people is, like us. Yeah. And also the, the exchange rate is so inconsistent. Like music, like the band plays the songs and they're like, okay, even if they play them kind of sloppy, it's like they still play the fucking song. You I was know? thinking about that. It's not fair how much you get feedback like constantly. Like you don't like after a solo stop and people applaud and then you keep going with the song. Like people only need to express how they feel about it once every three to five minutes or whatever. Yeah. Whereas like after every 20 seconds in comedy, you're supposed to get feedback and people, it takes a lot. Like I, people still give feedback after a guitar solo, though. True, they still, but it's they, it's woo! it's certainly less less so, less of the constant feedback than yeah. comedy. And I think it's kind of unfair. Like I am a fan of comedy. I don't necessarily laugh out loud that much. Like when I am in the audience, I have to consciously try to like if I think something's funny, like actually maybe laugh louder than I typically would or something because. If I'm just watching something at home on TV, I might be like, end it and be like, that was an amazing special, but I only laughed out loud once or twice. So it's sort of an inherently difficult thing to do because you have to pause and like people have to be like actively like giving you laughs back to do well. And that's kind of unnatural. Nobody said it was easy. <laughs> it's the truth. It's not. It is a difficult thing to do, and the, well, it re- the exchange rate of laughter per joke or just stage time, and so is because there's that neediness there, and everybody understands the comic survives on it. There's a, there's a peculiar 
exchange of power that's usually not there for the audience. And the, a lot of times, the, pe- the, the comics that are best are controlled is they dominate that that exchange of power. The audience really doesn't have it. You know, they're 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 going to be there no matter what, and they're kind of in control. They're the leader. But you right. know, especially the lower level of stuff too, it, it's still very needy. Everybody still has to survive on laughs. You know, so does the comic that's controlling everything has it has it up and you know, but but the kind of that that exchange of power isn't something that happens in like you know playing music or whatever. And because of that neediness, there's a lot of negativity. You know, it's, <laughs> neediness is negative. Uh, I, I I mean, I, I, that's interesting. You said that that doesn't happen in music because I think it. I feel like it does. Can't you just close your eyes though and like because that's what I like to do when I play music. It's no, like, but I'm, I'm talking about like the audience like being because it's like a specific, what you're talking about is like an environment for the environment right and the audience has to have a certain frame of mind where they're putting themselves in your hands as this comedian right you're taking them on this laughter journey that they are pretty sure they're going to go on right but like we've talked about earlier it's guys like a specific environment for that to like happen and i think what he was saying is that it's harder for that to happen for comedy right than for music like music you can just play music and someone will be like yay but like, yeah. you can't just do comedy anywhere, right? For it to happen. It's like all these certain things have to come together to give you the best chance to fail, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, well, because when you're in high school and like you can barely play guitar, you can still take out a guitar and everyone's drunk and play a song and it's awesome. But if you tried to get up and do stand up, it would probably be much more awkward and difficult well, to get people to like that's it. That's how it is. It's, it's theater. You know, it's, yeah. it's A performs B for C. And without certain constructs of that, yeah, without the trappings of the theater, without the unwritten ritual of what's going to be taking place, that needs to be unbroken. That means not a lot of interruption. People can't be coming and going in the room and stuff like that. I mean, go, hey, what's going on here? You know, it's like, hey, I'm going to talk. You're going to shut up. Hopefully, you'll laugh at times. And that is something that they have in common. It's so romantic about both of the art forms, or at least like what I love about music is like the fact that somebody with a microphone and a stage can get up there and entertain people for that amount of time. A great musician is just going to sit sit up there on the stage and play their guitar, do whatever it is they're going to do. And you're going to be totally taken on a ride. And, and it's the same type of thing though. Like, I mean, you know, you guys know what I'm talking. Yeah. yeah. Romantic. Uh, yeah. Maybe it, it helps you just connect with them too, because you're not as aware, like you kind of forget the other people around you it, with music more so. And part of that constant feedback from the audience with comedy is also you're constantly sort of breaking that fourth wall and you're aware that you're part of an audience. That's kind of a weird thing, too. Well, and I think everybody's aware when no one's listening. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, in the middle, of, it doesn't matter what it is in the middle of a song. Dan can attest to this because he plays music a lot. You know when people are paying attention and when people are because it's an energy transfer. Like you're talking about if we were really going to get broad with it. Right. It's mm-hmm. like you can feel it. You can feel it. Yeah. And that's what's so tough about doing comedy like in one of those little stages is it's not that energy. But that's, what, that's what's can harder about through? doing comedy than music is you can still play the song and you can, even if you don't, oh, hell get, yeah. even if you don't get the neediness satisfied that you may have or you feel the energy transfer isn't there or the energy is elsewhere and it's not coming yeah. to you, then it's like, you know what? I still, I'd be happy playing guitar at home. I'm, I'm still more content to do this on a mic out here right now. I'm going to get a good practice in, right? yeah. you know, and if a couple people enjoy it, great. You know, I'm still going to have a good time, really. And you cannot have if a good time. If you sit at home telling yeah. jokes to you yourself, they lock you, you up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And oh, you cannot have a good time doing it out on the town if if that energy transfer is not there. Yeah. People aren't laughing. So that's kind of why music is uh, is just much better. Much better and much way better. easier. But not easier, guys. So much I'm easier. Thinking about, really I'm thinking about my, my good friend who was out here. He's like this most incredible guitarist that I've ever heard. and He's good. And he left. Because he's just like, man, music business. 
Yeah. And it's just, it's hard. There's no work. Too many guitar players. It's really competitive. It's really competitive. And they're not necessarily looking for talent. They're looking for marketability. And they're not paying, you know, it's like Beyonce's guitarist is making 40 grand a year and living with her parents. You know (laughs) what I mean? It's that kind of, it's that kind of shit. Yeah. And, and it's, so it's like, what are we, you know, what are we competing for when that's what's at the top for us unless you're in some big Speaking of the group. marketability, it is funny. Ed. So there was a guy on my hall um, at UC Santa Barbara. Uh, who was, he was a good musician, and uh, he was really into pursuing his music. And after the first year, he quit and went to like some music school uh, in L.A. And then he, he came back the next year, or he came back just to visit the next year. And... Uh, <laughs> He just, he had like a bright pink mohawk, whereas his hair was normal before. And it just felt like like that's the main thing he learned in studying <laughs> music is how to like look like you do music. Look like he went to school to look like a musician, right? Yeah, but I've never maybe had. Maybe it's offered more gigs in that way. I talked. Well, he I, yeah, that, he he also yeah, all had done for sure. In the meantime, he had done a tour with. Uh, uh, the not, not the white was it the white yeah because he had so, a rad pink mohawk I yeah, want exactly. that guy in my band he he, he like he he made a good chunk of change and I think it started a pizza place or something after that Man. yeah see there yeah, and there, right, you there you go pink mohawk. that's literally what go. people dream about happening you I know? saw a drummer who had this tattoo on his forearm I didn't know he was a drummer but I saw he had this big face on his forearm and I was like dude are you a drummer he's like yeah how'd you know and I was like that's John Bonham dude like fucking a that's rad and he was like dude that's not John Bonham. Frank fucking Zappa, bro. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> These guys out there. And uh, it, it was so funny. He was real good. It, uh, I jammed with him once. He was insane. And, um, he, I, and he, I saw him when he met him when he was kind of a skinny dude. And I knew him because I worked at the gym. And I just saw him for like all the time early in the morning. Before you know it, like three months, he was a jack dude. And was just like seriously dedicated. And I saw him drumming. And his main gig was playing for uh, Haley something around she was a disney a disney girl mm-hmm. you know hannah right? montana is that no the... it was before her i mean not hannah but Mont- she I'm got sorry. but i know which paid. one it doesn't yeah. matter he's getting paid yeah. right and he was all he was like and he's like here's the thing he's like yeah he was getting paid and doing like you know yeah countrywide tours and stuff like that and he's like and here's the thing he's like you know a lot of it's not even about the drumming the drumming's easy it's just about like putting your elbows up put, putting on a show you know yeah he's like that's part of the reason i had to work out i want to get some muscles to put on a better show mm. you know and that's just half the gig like, yeah they're entertainers yeah but of course, that's a, I mean, yeah, that's a whole different, it's a whole different thing than I think what everybody, like you're saying, you don't necessarily think about that from the outside. Oh man, that guy's got to be like exhausted for playing drums that long, so ferociously and so drunk. <laughs> I've told you this, the only like time I ever like encountered this professional drummer and I got, I don't know, drummers get a bad rap. Okay. Like so drummers out there, you know, it's okay. But I encountered this professional drummer who's, who's on tour and he was like he got so lit before this show and he was like slurring his words and then he like got up there and he was amazing (laughs) he was amazing he was so good he didn't miss a beat and then he like stumbled off stage and kept drinking and it was like the most it was like the saddest and most amazing thing i'd ever seen was he like in a band or was he like yeah, he, a hired like touring type of guy for some yeah, he Disney was, person. He was touring with this. Act, I don't honestly don't even remember this guy. He was like on American Idol and something, but he country music guy. Anyway, he he was touring with this. It's like his country music band, you know. Mm-hmm. And we were like opening for the opener. It was not, you know, we we're just gonna mm-hmm. play a couple songs, but we got to be backstage with everybody and kind of see what how it all went down and like mm-hmm. meet the manager, be in the green room and all that. And and 
yeah, this guy was just a wreck. And I'm like, and I didn't know who he was. Like, I hadn't really talked to him before the show. I saw him afterwards, and he was he was pretty cool. He's like, I've been touring since, like, 1982. I've, you know, been through so many of these schools, done all this stuff. And, you know, he was just a crusty old drummer. But he was so good, and he was a wreck. Dude, he was a wreck. And he was amazing at drums. Put on an amazing It's all on the wrist. They don't have to wear themselves out because they're not playing. Yeah. Got that wrist action. It looks like it's all arms, too. But, but that's the, a whole different level of musician. Like, yeah. I'm... You know, I like to sing and play some songs and I can entertain some folks. But Do I'm it! Not like, for us! I'm not like for one of these crazy... Audience. I'm not the best singer. I'm not the best guitarist, but I like to put it together. Which is the hardest thing. Putting it together is hard. Yeah. Well, I think that's why um, you have to be so overqualified and then you just get a job playing some easy song as the backup for Hannah Montana. Right. Because you're also super drunk the whole time by the time you get to that point in your life and the concessions you've made. Um, so it all evens out. Yeah, but, you know, like we were talking about with the point of this show and people like us getting together, though, it's like you're creating something. And even though you might not be like the best musician or, you know, anybody. We are the best, anybody best, best podcast. Is that what you're getting you're at? You're the best podcast. No question that but, we're the best but, podcast. We are. But anybody that's out there, you got to like, you got to, you know, do it because you love to do it and because it makes you feel good. Not because it, not because you're going to be any better at it than anybody else. Because I get those feelings where I'm like, it's too late. <laughs> I'm never going to do this. And then I'm like, things, all my life. You know? And I'm, then I was like, and then I was like, well, too late for what? Like, yeah. what was I trying to be able to do with music? Was yeah. I trying to be able to like be this big famous rock star? Not really. Yeah. Like, I just thought it would be cool to be able to play music for a living. Yeah. And then want to be a rock star. What were those leather pants about? Hmm? I never had. Le- I he just hates that. cows. Mm-hmm. I didn't have mm-hmm. any leather pants. Mm-hmm. Oh no, mm-hmm. it's the cow. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, always I've never talked about that joke with John. Uh, oh, you should you want to do your? You, you should pass, do your can joke. You pass me that that puppy over there. <laughs> oh my! God. Working in veterinary medicine, I first I can expect an actual puppy. You wanted an be. actual puppy? I saw an actual puppy the other day. Believe it or not. So wait, you don't work at the same veterinary place now? It, correct. Yeah. The moving on up. Doing the same job again? Uh, well, I'm an assistant now. That's a different. Yeah, but he's at the same place. You guys are doing the same job again. Oh, correct. Yes, we are doing the same job as each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The same different job. That, yeah. So you had the same job before, but now you have the same. You're on yeah. the same trajectory. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's true. We're on the same yeah. train to hell. Guys, you guys are trending up though. Okay. Take it away, Dan. Now, everybody knows that. Uh, Country music come from cowboys. Seems like kind of common sense to me, but everybody don't know where them cowboys got that country music from them damn selves. Well, I'm here to tell you. Cows! Damn it, them cows be singing. It goes a little something like this. Take that, you extrapolate that just a little bit, and you have George Strait. I love it. I don't get the reference, but I like it anyway. I don't either.
That was amazing, Dan. I can't even describe it with word. That's, it's it's really not about words. It's kind of the idea. But you're welcome. Are you being sarcastic? I like you. it. I thought it was funny. No, I, I'm not. Thanks. Um, Asher, would you play us a song? No. Would you? I'm not here for that. I'm here to Let's talk about... Hey, hey, audience, do you want to hear Asher play a song? Let's... Oh, yeah. Round of applause. Oh, yeah. No, no. Oh, I'm on. serious. Yeah, I'm go. not gonna. They're going fucking nuts. Oh, that yeah. girl just shot herself. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. She's bleeding. <laughs> Everywhere. No, I'm not I'm not playing song. Yeah. I'm not prepared at all. Like, literally. No, 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 no. I wanted to just talk. Can't we just talk? I thought that's the kind of show it was. It's not a variety show. Are you trying to tell us what kind of show it is? I mean, I don't you want to make you been... uncomfortable. I it... do. Fucking play a song. <laughs> no, it, I, I... it is typically a talking show, certainly. See, okay. But see, if you would well, like to perform a song, we'd love to hear it. Oh, no, I wouldn't. Okay, I'm, all right. Also, That's they... fine. Guys, I'm not used to getting... Um, I, I don't like to be told no. <laughs> yeah, see, I just wanted to talk to you guys because you guys sounded really interesting to talk to when I listened to you back but and forth. But then in person, so when I listened much to you that more time. disappointing at once. That long commute. Is it better now in person? It's a little less romantic. Mm. And you're mm. both... Because mm. <laughs> you can see us. You're both skinnier well. than I pictured. <laughs> <laughs> Even John? <laughs> That's funny. Hey, do you have any headache medicine? Besides weed. <laughs> Dan held up two different kinds of weed. <laughs> yeah, he was so ready for I it. Was like really, this? I, I was what about this? up my jacket and there it's you like, go. No, uh, do you have something that's not weed? You what about this? Look on the right side of the jacket. Anyways, no, fuck yourself. No aspirin or anything. Did I not just answer that adequately? <laughs> I am fucking myself. Don't worry about right, that. Well, let's, uh, let's see. That's some lube. That's some more lube. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Dan's got a really dry penis. How's everybody doing tonight? I gotta tell you, I don't know. I don't know, you know. <laughs> All this stuff that's going on in the world today, it's like, hello! I mean, come on, it's like, hey, wait a minute, excuse me, I didn't sign off on that! I mean, seriously! I mean, come on, if that's the way it's gonna be, no thank you! I mean, really, seriously, it's like, you gotta be kidding me! Give me a break! It's really nuts. You got guys over here going, hey, check it out, you know. And you got guys over here going, hey, what do you think, you know? And here I am going, whoa, 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 whoa! Knock it off! I mean, you gotta be kidding me. At this point, it's like, okay, enough. Thank you very much, but no thank you, okay? I mean, Siri, where is it written? Where is it written that that's how it's gonna be, you know? Where's it written? Cause I didn't get that memo. I didn't get that. I didn't get a look at that one. Jesus Christ. Married people here tonight? Married people, yeah, all right. Well, this is nuts, true story. A Couple of weeks ago, you know, I'm just hanging out, just doing my thing, you know. Next thing I know, it's like, hey, I got an idea. 
supposed to do in that situation? It's like... I don't got enough problems and now this? You gotta be kidding me. It's like, at this point, I'm like, okay, whatever, you know? I mean, seriously, do I have a sign on my back? You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. Oh my God, did you see this? Did this, uh... This jerk going, uh, hey, here's the deal, you know? Okay, I got an idea. I got an idea. Knock it off! How about that? Why don't you try and knock it off? What else is going on? Correct me if I, I mean, you had already planned on going to the woods, or no? Well, I wanted, dude, it wasn't like a plan. I don't know if somebody has a plan to go to the woods, you know? Like, <clears throat> I'm going to move to the woods. It's going to be just like Hatchet, you know? <laughs> um, although I did love Hatchet. But uh, no, it was more like just looking for something. I just tired of pouring money down the rent right. drain. Yeah. And I was like, well, what could I afford? I, oh, I could afford something I love out. it. It's my favorite thing to do. You're missing out. You haven't paid rent. So in a how far while. do you have to go for work? <laughs> Two hours each Too way. Far. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, hundred miles. Jesus! Wow. When he wakes up, well, you know he's gonna. So be. four hours a day is spent. Probably needs. Yeah, but but I mean, I have, I I'm able to stay in LA a lot, so I'm okay. I'm, it's see. not as crazy as it I sounds. See. But it's a haul. Yeah, it's really far. It's about an hour and a half north of it LA. Takes like just half an hour to get out of the woods. Yeah, just to get out of the out of the. But I'm in the Los Padres National Forest. That's fucking awesome sounding. And I've seen yeah. that on a map. So how much time do you spend there, though? If you well, I'm like the weekends. I, yeah, like I'm splitting my time. It's just kind of like as needed, really. Yeah. Gonna got bears. To, I got California black bears. That's something that people. I mean, that I think is cool. People think yeah. is they're real. It's pretty exciting. Uh, bears are become like squirrels. Around there, you know what I mean? Like, you just kind of <laughs> get used to them. To and, I was out uh, there hammering like a man. Yeah. And I saw a burr. That was a good story, detailed. Very detailed. What it's else happened? Place Have you ever yeah, no, bear? he was helping me work on the house, and we had a mo- mama bear. And her two cubs. And her One cubs. Cub. And, and she took a nap, like, oh, just no. in the backyard of the neighbor's house. <laughs> and we, I mean, we were watching for like a good 10 minutes, and then finally we're like, well, I guess we should get back to work. Since they were just hanging. They Everybody's just, always like, that's the most dangerous thing. And, uh, you know, there's, yeah, time. yeah. It's like, oh my God, the mother and the cubs. And then literally just two nights ago, I, I came home, pulled in the driveway and it was mother and two cubs, uh, different set. Um, and they were, had been on the deck and like Ooh, ripped my, rolling around ripped my grill rockets. cover is what they did. It's ripped my grill cover. That but is unfortunate. They didn't mess with anything else, but it's amazing. It's That's amazing. Cool. Yeah. And then snow, a lot of snow. Like all the time, like in the summer and stuff. Well, not in the summer, but, uh, as late as May. And as early as mm. late August, I think. I don't know about that. I'm making it up. I don't spend <laughs> But yeah, up up in the woods, man. And it's crazy and it's isolated, but it's near LA and it's an experience. I'm renovating this house. It's basically renovating a tiny house. Mm-hmm. I'm one of, I'm a tiny house person. And part of it's because of this apartment, this tiny apartment that I lived in, in Los Feliz. <laughs> you got used to it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, I just, I like, I like how efficient 
you can make space. Yeah. I think it's interesting making space really efficient. And I think it forces you to control the number of possessions you have. Yeah. And I believe that controlling the number of possessions you have is like important part of being happy and like feeling balanced. Yeah. Plus, I mean, you can possess so much on your computer. <laughs> you can still have a large collection of movies and whatnot. Yeah. You just, the, everything's about stuff, you know, like. It, we were all born in that age of you just can buy everything, buy this, you need everything. And uh, I think like it really helps when you only have a, a little bit of space. Mm-hmm. You're like, man, I can't, I can, I can only keep so many things. So every, a new thing comes and you're like, well, I can't just chuck this in the closet because I don't have a closet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I can't bring, so what, what else, what is, is this going to leave or can this not come into my life? <laughs> or, or You know what I mean? Or what else is going to leave? Going to go and replace it. So, you have I, to actively manage what you have as opposed to just yeah. taking it on passively. Do, do you have a lot of stuff? Like what kind of... Uh, I mean... I don't How many stuff do you have? Everybody's <laughs> got stuff? stuff. Yeah. Do you have a lot of stuff? I don't have a ton of stuff. No. I think... Uh, like describe to me in, in car, car loads. In like small SUV Well, are you talking loads. just me? or? But I live with my wife, so that's a different thing. Just too. you. And then Dan, you're next. I want to hear this. We're in my apartment. Look around. This this is the apartment that prepared you to live in the woods. Yes. So, I mean, if I packed everything in, probably two carloads, I guess. Two carloads, yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. Th- could, but that's not counting furniture because I feel like that's. Well, yeah. Oh, if that's not counting. Hmm, hmm, yeah. I, feel, I just feel like if someone, like if someone, if no, it'd if be, we it'd split be, up, I'd be two carloads. I'd probably be two carloads. The furniture, I just yeah. assume it would be my wife. So I wasn't. Uh, yeah. Mainly because I bought because I bought a house and now I have a shed. Right, and it's full of tools and stuff. Because if you're going to work on your house, you got to have stuff to work on the house. And I that's mostly the, just that's have awful. Some clothes, computer stuff, yeah. and uh, uh, books. What about you, Dan? I don't like throwing away my books. I have some musical instruments. It's hard to let go of books. Lots of mirrors. Lots. Um, <laughs> what is it hard for you to get rid of? He's hard to get, for him to get rid of books. Uh, shaving products. <laughs> Right, they could come in handy. Yeah. I have more razors than I haven't like <laughs> shaved my. I've I've had a beard for like fifteen years, and I've and I have like more razors around. I have like three like beard trimmer things that like are like semi functional, and I use one at a time, and I keep keep all their like little attachments to never use. Why? <laughs> Wondering. See, I think that's so interesting though, you know, because everybody's got these things that it's like, oh, I can't, can't let go of this. Mm-hmm. The bones of my victims. Yeah. M- mementos. Why do I still need this? Mementos. That's really hard for people. You know, that little keychain that you got at the trip to the thing. I am prone so. to that, but only very small, like trinkets. Yeah. Did you read that Vietnam book called The Things We Carried? You you're know, like, you're not. The, the individual actual things that these soldiers right. carried and as a way to describe and you go into their personality and their past. Yeah. Yeah. It was okay. It was overblown. But, you know, stuff. Or is that like an opening to your. your Desert Island backpack thing, like you carry a knapsack. Uh, that's purse true. I do around. carry a. Uh, a I've always purse, wondered what's in it. bag. <laughs> yeah, what do you do? You're not doing thing. anything with Dude, that. This, that's, this that's that's not like Dan goes. Laptop when Dan you're goes to restaurants, like yeah. decent, like decent places. Yep. Like he's been all, and he's just like the most inappropriate places to have his mm-hmm. his mailbag mm-hmm. thing from Happy deliveries. Whenever the late nineties were. That was the late '90s that came out. The messenger bag. Everybody started wearing. I think that. that's pretty accurate. I people, feel like it was addressed in Seinfeld. In there. Yeah. So, so uh, what do you want to know? What's in it? Yeah. Although I will say, I do like the idea. Like I, have, I have one. I take. I don't a backpack use it very often. To a lot of places, backpacks are back, and I enjoy 
They were gone. The they utility. were not in style. When you walk around a, a lot on the streets, you see a backpack is your sweaty back. Right. Messenger bag doesn't. See, this is what this is the this is why people listen to this podcast for information like that. We are sponsored. You do by, have to be uh, careful. Merce, There's also the, a few uh, things to consider with the messenger bag. So if I'm really going for like transport, like if I'm walking and I'm walking to get somewhere, mm-hmm. I'm going to shorten the shorten the thing. I'm going to shorten the the strap. I'm going to so I can like wait. Throw that's it, like the, hear me out. So, <laughs> I, can, so oh, I can throw it out proportionally so it like hangs above my ass. You know, right. while I'm walking, so I don't get any uncomfortable <laughs> bounce or slap back. You know okay. what I'm saying? And you want to keep it more centered in the back when you're really moving. It's not just dangling on the side, which is certainly more fashionable, lower and danglier. You know, uh, but there's a few things that are really important. It started from from being a nomad and having the bus. It's you great to... because Dan's perspective is like he just said. It comes from being on the streets. <laughs> yeah, you got and, and, and it's your, like, your bus survival. We're both like, yeah. How's the messenger bag work as an accessory? And, <laughs> and you're like, you got to when you're wearing it to walk 16 blocks. You need it adjusted just so. And yeah. it's best to have this brand and this material because it gets the, the vomit what, from the homeless people. And about the messenger bag. That but I it really right didn't. I, I have to say, I, it kind of fell short because, I mean, I think everyone understands the concept of like, it's the same as with a backpack. You have to make it ergonomic. Yeah, but but it's inconsistent in that. You've you got to, I mean, like you can do long-term damage. You have to switch shoulders every now and again because it's, it's just, there's no way of compensating. So it's, it's like a, a purse. It's closer to a purse. If we had females that listened to the show, then the they thing. would understand. I put, I put exactly. A, I That's often impossible. keep a light jacket in there. It helps fill the thing out. I can yeah, yeah. Things. let's get back to what's actually in it. Okay. A light jacket. That's nice. It takes up a lot of space. I have a, mm-hmm. uh, a notepad. Notepad. Good idea. With many, many pages available. Blank and many filled. And then I have a pen. I have a high-functioning pen. Oh, uh, as opposed to a low-functioning pen. Functions in M high is usually how it works. <laughs> Sometimes I'll have some loose change in the bag. I try to minimize it. I try to... Keep that in a different jar at the end of the day. Keep a pair of sunglasses. Keep a pair, or I keep some some chapstick. Uh, I've been falling that short of this, but sometimes I'll keep a uh, some some pocket to go tissues. Uh, it's nice to have it. I mean, again. I understand this because his pants have gotten tighter, and <laughs> exactly, it's become really uncomfortable as a man to carry around. If I were honest, all the sometimes if I'm under, if I'm underslept. Or sometimes maybe some clear eyes will be in the bag, even with along with that chat. Yeah, maybe some uh, some gum, some gum. Usually, a pack of gum is going to be in there as well. So it's just a woman's purse. Yeah, it's not... it's a useful thing to be able to have something. Yeah, I bring a backpack to work, and there's no reason. Like I have like my lunch, maybe, maybe and some maybe water, some condoms, maybe a vaporizer, maybe a one hitter. You know, back. Well, in yeah, the I was going to ask. You, I was like, yeah, besides that, besides drugs. What's in your Dan? What's in your bag besides drugs? <laughs> yeah. No, those are drugs too. <laughs> Something else. Just because they have a prescription. <laughs> the condom's not for sex. It's so I can smuggle drugs in my body. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, well, naturally. <laughs> that pretty much covers it. Oh, refillable bottle of water and uh, my coffee mug. The bottle of water thing I've caught on to finally. Headphones. Here's, that's, that's, that's the holy trinity of bus survival right there. Headphones, yeah. You have headphones. You have yep. sunglasses. Maybe a book. Maybe no well, because you can be invisible. It's like refillable your windshield. That was the yeah. It's like sunglasses, the car. Sunglasses, headphones, refillable bottle of water. That's just practical. You try to. You just hang out on a bus for a little bit. You got a big bottle of refreshing water. So and gulp. Everybody kind of just What's that? looks. Everybody kind of notices that you're quenching your thirst, and they're super jealous. It's great. I was saying everything's buses with Dan. It all gets back to the buses. Yeah, the bus is as we've talked about. It's a it's a, a real metaphor for uh, struggling, and I mean it's the ultimate example of yeah what sucks about not having money. I mean I've never taken it. <laughs> I wouldn't. Are you kidding? I would no never. Yeah, obviously. No. <laughs> I was listening to you guys talk about it, and I was like, thank God. Of course, you can do it. A lot of them take the bus because it's or the subway because it's the safest place they can go. Oh God! You guys ever think about that? 
No, that's terrible. That what? This is the safest place to to go to have an app or to go or to go. There's no place else to go. Where are you? Where yeah. are you allowed to go? Like, no, of course you're gonna ride the bus around all day. You're gonna ride. The- <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. So, what about this? So the the comedy, mm. topical comedy, mm. Hannah Gadsby. Tell me what you think about it. I enjoyed the minutes that I saw of it when I started it too late one night, and then I went to sleep. Yeah, I know. It's well. You want me to just tell you about it? Yeah, sure. So it's um, it's stop. Here's what I thought was important about it is um, it talks a lot about privilege and uh issues with gender identity and the way people treat each other and is she uh, an australian woman i think she's from tasmania they don't mind when you they you just equate countries no they love that continents they're all about it but she it's like a hour-long thing or something and like halfway through she just stops and she says like that was like it starts to ramp up in terms of like how you know uh forthcoming she's being with everything and like how quote-unquote like deep it's going um, and then she says one thing, and then she's just like, and that's the last joke of the night. And then she just, I just spilled hot coffee on my pants. And then she just talks for the rest of the time, in like a, I mean, a prepared, you know, thing. Oh, that's cool. But uh, and it's a lot about uh, what life was like for her, um, and how people have treated her, and how people. There's, there's definitely some, uh, as she will admit, anti, you know, straight white male sentiment. Oh, sure. You know, which, of course, as that, sometimes it's hard to listen to, but it's probably good for you. Yeah. The white, the white male, the white male thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny. Um, it's, I think it was a good thing for her to say. She's just like a quick line at one point where she's like, and the one thing about uh, straight white males is they can really take a joke. And it had to make me like sit back and be like, okay. All right. So am I just, am I just like, I, I'd like to think I'm someone who can take a joke. So that's really funny. Maybe I should. It keeps. Maybe you, I should watch it. After it keeps all. you engaged in it. Yeah. It sounds like one of those smart women I keep hearing about. You should see it as like a perform. What? It's creative. It's legitimately creative. You know, and she's doing something different than people. Satire, t- Asher. Satire. He's like, don't mind my bigotry. It's satire. It's like, isn't that, that what they said? That, in the eighteen no, hundreds. Fascinating. So I talked to this. Uh, I talked to this woman. Uh, I, was on a, I was on a real grown person date. We got coffee and then played darts afterwards. And that was very charming. Anyway, sounds really grown she, up. She grew up in Nebraska, you see. So I believe she's of Japanese descent, you see. And so she was adopted, you see. And so uh, she basically was saying that she hated South Park. We were talking about comedy because she was a big comedy person. She said she was into like Neil Brennan and Bill Burr and a lot of like kind of darker sardonic. Anthony Jeselnik. I was like a lot of dark sardonic type of stuff. And she was into that shock also, humor and everything. Also, probably racial. You know, there's not just dark, yeah, but exactly. And so then she said, "But like, I really don't. I hate South Park." And I was like, mm, "This date's over." You know, like oh, those guys are. No, I was joking. Wow, those you guys- you placed South Park at that level where it's like if you don't like south no, park I, but what was it no we had to discuss further and so what she said is that uh she's like look so south park is obviously like they have all there's there's these kids that are cursing and they have they do a lot of socio-political stuff and it's very satirical she's like but here's the thing is that i saw this through like a she's like i got that but i also growing up in nebraska saw it through like this kind of weird mirror where it basically gave my group of friends like and i saw slowly saw my whole group of friends permission to use like hate speech like so they started calling her like a jap or they started talking about Jew gold, 
in these different things. Right. Well, there was like the kick a ginger day people started doing. That was a big story. Like yeah. that South Park got blamed for initiating. So, exactly. This right. It was like you were allowed to say bad words and things that things that was pretty pretty much should be left unsaid that was there for a joke. Just, yes. But you were allowed to say it now because it's a cartoon. Yeah. And so her experience as like one of the few people of color in her town was like, nah, I kind of gave everybody permission to be racist. And I, all these people I didn't think were racist before started doing stuff. I know they lifted from the show and it kind of gave them permission. So she's like, so I, I can't say I've watched a lot of it, but, uh, you know, it, my experience was, it was, I'm not into that. And, uh, you know, I thought that was really interesting. It I is a tough line to like, how much because nothing's ever really purely satire right like there's always it's pretty vulgar at times yeah well yeah. i'm not just talking about south park in general but like there's always comedically that elements like how much are you doing this because you actually think it's funny or how much are you making fun of the people like look how dumb this guy is for saying that how do you guys yeah. deal with the guilt though is i'm sorry i forgot what we were the talking white about. guilt yeah oh uh, we usually just talk about it on this podcast and make uh, bad jokes. Right. Oh no, I I mean, hate myself. Like, but I don't know if it's. I I probably would anyway. Right. But uh, it's hard when you feel like you've gotten every advantage. Well, it's also hard. No, no but that, that this is a hardness that, no one wants problem. to. Yeah. No one, you're not going to garner any sympathy is about. It though? But it's is also it hard when you've gotten every advantage. That's like the opposite of what hard is. No, exactly. But that's what. But but listen, it doesn't have to be legit. It can still be bullshit. Doesn't mean people don't feel. It. Yes. What I'm talking about is you can still like just because I don't know what strife looks like, right? It's like we don't know what hunger really feels like. You know, it doesn't mean that I can't comment on the, uh, you know, on the fact that people feel that way. I mean, it's you can't. It's feelings. You know, that's the awful part. Yeah, I think maybe feelings are feelings. <laughs> feelings are fe- that's why you're listening to learn about feelings. Is that like we're just no? I was just why no, someone would no. Listen. I was just I was just no. <laughs> I was just God, saying what's wrong with that. You? Like I get down sometimes because I'm like, damn, okay. Like I came from a good home, a family that stayed together. My parents are still together. You know, we were middle class. Like I had every advantage. Wife and I made more of myself. I'm a white male. Like I'm. I've gotten. You know, I've I've gotten all of that bullshit that comes along with that. Right. And it maybe maybe the it, the cards are stacked in my favor, but that doesn't mean I've still achieved what I want to achieve, and and that can contribute to you feeling guilty about it for sure. That's all I was saying. You you, you can't stop somebody from feeling guilty about it, whether they should or not. There's plenty of people in this country that have it really bad, but don't have it as bad as people in another. Yeah, I mean, I think that's maybe not, we've directly addressed it, but I think like we talked about the title of two male receptionists, I think that is part of it, is uh, I think we both feel like we had strange upbringings in a way that maybe contributed to not achieving as much, but at the same time, we're two straight white males. I think it excuses it all. (laughs) Our upbringing, I'm pretty sure it's like, I hold your parents accountable for all of this. I appreciate that. All that John is. And, and uh, you know, I've long since forgiven my parents, but uh, no, I haven't. So tell me more about your... <laughs> Dan! No, no, I haven't. And that's all I have to say about that. That's all I have to say Clearly, we're going to... In, in a brighter topic, how about that California weather? How Isn't that sunshine? <laughs> here's, a, here's another thing that I love. Sun, sunshine in LA makes me unhappy. <laughs> yeah. You well, know, because it's every fucking day. It's yeah. a beautiful, sunny day, and it's like... You know, we get out and celebrate and do something and have wine on a blanket somewhere. And it's like every day I'm 
I'm wasting a beautiful day yeah. by going to work and being like in an office. I am not someone who enjoys the heat or the sun very much, but there is sort of a thing where like sometimes I think I also might be the person who's most appropriate to be exposed to that. Like, even though I feel like I don't like it, there's also a reason why people commit suicide at it's higher rates good in, for you. in Seattle. Yeah, it's So it's probably good for, good for me to be yeah. here. Especially if you spend a lot of time inside and then you go outside and you're like, oh, outside. My body is telling me this is good for me. The air, the sun on my skin, even though part of you is like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, the last time I went to New York City... I totally had a moment where I where I was walking around and it was like a kind of glum day, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Man, I don't know if I." I want to. Yeah, the last time because like because uh, I don't know if I'd be able to survive outside. winter. Yeah, yeah. What year was that, Johnny? It was really just that was the whole setup. Okay, it was just thanks. the last time I went outside. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, I could have stepped on it. I didn't mean uh, to. <laughs> that was, um, but yeah, they. Uh, I don't really know what it's like. What's it like in Virginia? I've never really lived anywhere else. It changes. Else. It's, oh, it's got like it all. It's got beautiful autumn. It's got snowy winters. It's got lovely springs, but then it starts to creep. No, in it's the super freaking hot, just like the, everywhere. The yeah. You get the uh, then, uh, what are those things that come out like every seven years? It gets really cold and it gets cicadas. really hot. Yeah, we can yeah, cicadas. cicadas. Like seventeen, fifteen, nine years. One of those. It is. It's always odd numbers. Yeah, but yes. So not that was always cool though. That is amazing. It is like a. It's like a biblical proportion yeah i want to see it someday i think it might big ass bugs it might even be only prime numbers i think that's what it is like there's some weird mathematical consistency like yeah it's either every one year or seven years or 17 they make a ruckus let me tell you what and they eat up all the vegetation and it it's no joke it makes you think about um you know the plagues of the old testament and all that let my people go stuff yeah that's why everybody super religious because Cicadas, right? Yeah, they know what's up. They know, they, they they know. know that Bible ain't joking about that. We got those cicadas. At- Get them cicadas. Swarms of locusts. <laughs> Next, you're going to... Frogs! Lots of frogs would be kind of scary. There's a funny thing about LA, too, though, is uh, there. it's got its own religious thing where like you think of other areas as being more like religious but also we tend to attract like fringe religions like this is the home of cults for sure oh yeah i mean the fact that what the scientology headquarters is like three blocks south of us right now i mean this is ground zero for all that kind of stuff which is interesting it's but there's a lot of you know churches around too. I guess it's just present everywhere, but this is more like newer stuff. Other areas are just more established religions. Yeah. It's changed, though, too. I, mean, I don't know when the last time you guys have been to church was. When was the last time you went to synagogue or church? I don't. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I've right? been inside. Okay, the last church I went to was when I was in Australia. Yeah. Because sometimes I... I I like the architecture and I go. Oh, you're going to be like, because sometimes I go to church in Australia. Because <laughs> sometimes I do my best sinning over there. I don't think I've ever like actually gone to church to go sure. to church <laughs> or synagogue. I've been to one bat mitzvah. Right. Uh, that was the only synagogue I've been in. And then uh, I think maybe a couple times when I was a kid, I actually went for the service to a church. But other than that, it's just like if I'm somewhere else and I think it looks cool. Like Notre Dame, I, I went to. It's pretty self-evident upon meeting you, you know, that not a lot of church. Yeah. Not a lot of churches. It's always interesting, though, because, but maybe so. Like we said, like, you know, there's, it's not like just because there's proportionately with as the generations get younger, right? Like there's less people that go to church, obviously, um, or or that are religious in general doesn't mean that there's still like a big proportion of people out there. And every time I travel outside of like LA and different things like that, you know, you're, I'm always like, 
it's crazy, especially when you go to the South or like Missouri or Arkansas and places like that. And you're like, man, this is, you know, this is the foundation of their community. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, but that's a big thing. Like there, that's a void that I think is left by not having that. Like, right. It's Which is how community. a cult can come about because right. you What's need that in your life. Guys, we should start our own religion. Yeah, I, I've wanted. I, there's a big part of me my whole life that's. It's sort of like the medium thing I was Guys, talking if we, about. If we start I'm always religion, I'm repulsed, and I would murder you over being the leader if you tried to ever test my power. <laughs> All right, so the first the thing we have to do is murder Dan. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll murder Dan. Clearly, <laughs> conspire to murder Dan. Part one. Guys, just don't test my power. No, no, you no don't problem. understand. It was like a, we were going to do a whole cult, and then we just would never do the cult. Yeah. <laughs> It was with good reason we were going to start a cult. I just never got around to it. But theoretically, Dan wanted to be the leader, so we killed him. (laughs) You know, I was raised in a place that was called one of the biggest cults. Tell me about that. Okay, or not. We'll talk about it later. No, no, we'll talk about it. I'm hot. And that was that. He just said, I'm hot, and that was the last thing he ever said. I mean, that I'm aware of. I don't remember what happened after the recording. But, uh... I want to know more because as much as it seems like I have just a predilection for talking about depression, um, I love me some cults talk. Kind of kicking myself there. Maybe we can get him back on the show sometime. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Be good to each other, I guess. Life hurts.